Welcome to CouncilCast, a podcast from Coalfield Development where we highlight moments from our monthly gathering, Coalfield Council Day. It's a time for reflection, team building, and celebrating the personal and professional developments of our crew members. This is Season 2, Episode 11, highlighting our Council Day from Friday, November 17th. 2023. Today we're bringing you highlights from an eventful day packed with personal achievements, team recognitions, and insightful discussions. Let's dive in. Our day began at 8.45 a.m. with our Chief Human Development Officer, Kelly Crabtree, emphasizing the importance of trust and relationships. This set the tone for the day of meaningful connections and recognitions. But just like think about what is it that you want to just kind of put out into the space to say, like, I'm welcoming that. I I acknowledge that right now I feel anxious or right now I'm bringing in some hard stuff from home or right now, you know, there was a loss in my family or in, in my neighborhood or right now there's great joy. I'm experiencing some really cool things. And so I just want to honor that. I want to honor that we're all bringing in lots of things. And sometimes all those, sometimes each of us are bringing in a, a mixture of all of that can feel the way. <laughs> and so I just, I just welcome that. I welcome that we each bring our own thing here. And so I just ask that, um, that we really think about what that means to, to see each other and know that the person across the room or next to us is, is carrying things and that we see that new beginnings, new beginnings. Yeah. Think about our values. So gumption, grit, and grace. So gumption is no complaining or whining, committing to excellent work, fully participating, just diving into what you're doing. Um, believing in yourself and, and your crew and your community, doing the hard work towards these big goals because we have a lot of big goals and we got to do the hard work to make that happen. Grit, doggedly pursuing the solutions. So there are always going to be issues. There's always going to be problems. There are always going to be stumbling, stumbling blocks. And grit is just really just trying to find that solution and just kind of power through it. Following through, being reflectful and present and really seeing what's happening so you can learn from it and, and celebrate. Um, finding the joy, even when sometimes it's a painful or a difficult um, time. Um, being willing to learn and grow. And then grace. Staying humble and being willing to continually improve because none of us are know everything. And even the things that we do know, we can, it all, it always changes. So we can always learn more and get better. Um, trust in relationships is a top priority. Taking time to listen, especially with whom those we differ. Um, valuing each other's unique strengths and being genuine and honest. So I want you to take a minute right now. Think about your crew or anyone else that you've interacted with at Coalfield. And I want you to think about, identify someone in your mind who has lived one of these things out. And it doesn't even have to be a full thing. It might just be one bullet point under gumption or one bullet point under, under grit. But take a minute. I'm gonna, we're going to have some silence for a minute. I want you to just appreciate the people on your crew and how they have really um, highlighted something. And then I'm going to ask for some of you to share if you're you're willing. But let's take a minute just to think about that. The hat presentation was a unique segment. Hannah Wilson from AmeriCorps Conservation received a black hat. 
while D. Hill, Kalisha Hairston, Nathan Trout, Brandon Bragg, Michaela Lotridge, and Sabria Graham all received red hats. Personal celebrations were heartfelt from various achievements and even marriages and crew members making significant life strides. It was a moment to cherish personal milestones. Um, I just have an announcement. Um, at Mount West, they have an honor society called Phi Theta Kappa, and we are doing a donation drive for Lily's Place. Um, they're looking for diapers, pull-ups, baby wipes, office supplies, and unscented fabric softening sheets. I've placed a donation box by the door with a flyer on it, and there's a QR code, too, for an online list if you guys want to look at that. Thank you. I'm putting Ashley on the spot here. So I want to, I, want, I would like for you to share with us what it is, the, a little bit more about this organization that you're a part of that's doing this and how you became a part of it. Um, so Phi Theta Kappa is the Mount West. Ashley, for those who don't know, is a crew member and a green hat. So a leader in, as a crew member. So. <laughs> um, and at Mount West, if you get, if you keep a 3.5 grade point average, um, you can qualify to be on their honor society program, which is Phi Theta Kappa. And I'm a part of that. <laughs> I will finish my master's degree in three weeks. Congratulations, Cassidy. So there's going to be a little wedding here tomorrow at four o'clock. Me and James are tying the knot. <laughs> And I really wasn't nervous, but now I am because everybody's looking at me, so I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> In the general announcements, we heard about the incredible work by the teams, highlighting their gumption, grit, and grace. Kudos to the entire crew for setting such high standards. Think about our values. So gumption, grit, and grace. So gumption is no complaining or whining committing to excellent work, fully participating, just diving into what you're doing, um, believing in yourself and, and your crew and your community, doing the hard work towards these big goals because we have a lot of big goals and we got to do the hard work to make that happen. Grit, doggedly pursuing the solutions. So there are always going to be issues. There's always going to be problems. There's going to be stumbling, stumbling blocks. And grit is just really just trying to find that solution and just kind of power through it. Following through, being reflectful and present and really seeing what's happening so you can learn from it and, and celebrate. Um, finding the joy, even when sometimes it's a painful or a difficult um, time. Um, being willing to learn and grow. And then grace, staying humble and being willing to continually improve because none of us are know everything. And even the things that we do know, we can it, all, it always changes, so we can always learn more and get better. Um, trust in relationships is a top priority. Taking time to listen, especially with whom those we differ. Um, valuing each other's unique strengths and being genuine and honest. So I want you to take a minute right now. Think about your crew or anyone else that you've interacted with at Coalfield. And I want you to think about Identify someone in your mind who has lived one of these things out. 
And it doesn't even have to be a full thing. It might just be one bullet point under gumption or one bullet point under, under grit. But take a minute. I'm gonna, we're going to have some silence for a minute. I want you to just appreciate the people on your crew and how they have really um, highlighted something. And then I'm going to ask for some of you to share if you're, if you're willing. But let's take a minute just to think about that. Next up, our chief real estate officer, Casey McCann, led the Fairfield Construction Training Completion Ceremony. Starting out with this is that when Brandon and uh, Bishop Shaw came in, he's sitting over here as well, brought this together on the construction side and saw the need. Um, You know, as I was just kind of reflecting throughout the five-week process, I, um, I aligned this up and you know, analogous with the construction work itself. Before you can really have a building that's going to last, have the sturdiness, the stability, that's going to have the longevity to be able to keep it together, you got to build with a foundation. And the foundation is where it starts. And the foundation here is bridging the communities together and, and having everybody work together as a team. And that is something I had saw through this entire process. And, you know, there was some expectations that I was setting and then new expectations that I wasn't expecting to occur. And um, it was an overall just a great experience that for everyone involved. Um, and so I just, again, you know, I just, I just want to take a moment here just to acknowledge that, that this was just a, I, it was just an enjoyable experience all the way around. So I do appreciate everyone that was involved in this. I do just want to, you know, pass a couple of other things here. Um, Reverend Hill um, was here every day. And so I just want to acknowledge that. And then, you know, not only just with when we started Antioch Church the first week, um, but even when I was on the construction sites. Um, so I just wanted to thank you so much for being there every day. And that really helped. Helped us out as well. I see Pastor Bradwell is in here as well. He also participated. And other, other members of the Black Pastor Association also were there as present on site as well. I just wanted to acknowledge, acknowledge that because that was what was the, also that the helped facilitate and made this experience um, such a good one as well. Reverend Hill, you know, you know, he came in with some experience as well within, within the trade and was able to jump right in and be able to help lead these groups. And so Coalfield, we were here just as a support. Um, this, was, uh, this was led with, by the community, and so we just wanted to just be able to make this happen. A couple other acknowledgments as well, just like with the West Edge construction team as well as the Fort Gay construction team. Um, and I say that as it was a team and it was working together and it was working side by side, meeting people where everyone is. You know, there was a whole array of differences of, as, as far as like with skill set that came into this. And, you know, there was there was folks that were just, you know, coming into like learn just the tape measure. Understanding what the tools, identifying what the tools were and how they were used all the way to we had experienced folks. You know, I'm looking at you, Jerry. 
that came in here, you know, that also is just looking for also additional support with certifications uh, to be able to make that next step in the career. With that whole array of experiences, all came together and was just one that we all learned from one another. I also just want to acknowledge some other internal side too, this human development team that really kind of pulled this together. Um, a lot of things with this was, you know, with the professional themes, the resume building skill set, the financial literacy. These are all important tools as well that really just kind of came together. That was just essential components of the tools in the toolbox. And finance team, thank you. I know this was something else. This was something, again, going back to what Jacob had said, was that when the solar training, you know, coming through with that first experience of doing the external training at this length of time, learning, taking notes, shared notes, learning from those experiences, and then to be able to go to the next step as well. And so we also had some notes that we we're learning from to make and improve the quality, a uh, better experience for everyone as well. But thank you, finance team. That was um, that was you. You were essential in part to this experience. So you know, if we can think about this as ones who may be more familiar with a six-month program for the trainees, this was a condensed version of that, but but was compressed into a five-week course. This was no easy feat at all, and I really just want to highlight that that. The ones that are in here today, and there's a, you know, there's a few other ones that made it as well to the, across the finish line, but just weren't able to make it here today. But I really just wanted to give it just an acknowledgement that you made it to the finish line. This is, you know, these some of these certifications include forklift, Hazwopper, first aid CPR, blueprint reading. Um, Resume building, and which later on, you know, fall prevention, but later on this afternoon, we're, uh, we're going to convene downstairs and go through the interviewing process as well. Reverend Bishop Shaw then gave some thoughts on the project. Well, let me just start out saying that uh, I, want, I have a deeper understanding of Cofield development and what they do. I've been working with them, uh, with Brandon, in the RAPS program for I don't know, two or three years, but this program has taken me to the different sites and I've seen the deconstruction and the construction and, I, and I'm just uh, fascinated and, and well pleased and more ready to appreciate what you do all the time. So first, that's the first thing. Secondly, uh, I appreciate uh, being able to work with Devin and Casey and getting this together along with Brandon and the Huntington Black Pastors Ministerial Association. There was a lot of foreground that went into before we got started. And those meetings where we had input and, and they put us, uh, allowed us to have input and let us know what they wanted to do. And then we were able to help facilitate this. And I'll say that. And then thirdly, uh, I want to commend every one of you who, who signed up for the program, went through the program, made a decision, put forth the effort, you know, to complete the program. So you're to be commended. I want to just give you guys a hand, every one of you.
Reverend Hill yeah. then handed out certificates of completion for the Fairfield construction training. I've been given the honor to give out the certificates. So as your name is called, we ask that you would come up and receive your five-week certificate. Terry Jackson, Richard Cal, Rhea Barner, Ramon Bush, Philip Rogers, Morgan Adkin, Mario Garrett, Maria Todos, Jocelyn Duff, Jewel Powell, Jerome Middlebrooks, Jalen Motley, Ja'Kai Turner, Holly Patrick Vance, Darius McNeely, Brandon Smith, Alexis Duff, and Jerry Brown. Our founder, Brandon Dennison, gives his thoughts on this year's intention of listening. Okay, so we set an intention for this year. We do it every year. We've not talked about it for a couple months, though. So does anybody remember what our intention was for this year? Listening. Thank you. So we're going to go back to the listening intention. Um, I heard some. I heard a phrase the other day that I hadn't heard in a while, but I've remembered my... Grandpa used to say this a lot, actually, when it comes to listening. He said, you have two ears and one mouth, and you should use them proportionally. Two ears, one mouth, you should use them proportionally. Anybody ever hear that saying? It's fairly common for Appalachianism. Um, And so the, the point is, we get a lot more from listening than we do from just saying everything that's that's on our mind. But listening is... I would say it's a skill set. Listening is a skill set. It's not just something that automatically happens on our own. Just because we biologically might be able to hear does not automatically mean we've developed the skill set to listen. So what are some ways that make us good listeners? How do we hone the skill of listening? Any volunteers? Listen to listen, not to respond. That is a brilliant one. Um, and so what Shane's getting at there, sometimes in a conversation, we're so busy thinking about what we want to say or what we're about to respond that we, we miss out on actually hearing what the other person's saying. What's another skill set that makes us a good listener? Eye contact. I love that one. And, uh, when we listen, it's actually, I mean, I emphasized hearing, but listening can and should be much more than just audio. We can read someone's body language. What, what, are we, what are they saying to us through their body language? Eyes say a lot. You know, um, Gateway to the soul is how some people uh, describe the eyes. And so you can really see and maybe someone's holding back. You know, maybe, and you can really see that in someone's eyes. Maybe they're feeling some emotion that they're having trouble putting words to but if you can really observe their body language and look in their eyes, you can get a deeper sense of what they're trying to say to you and really hear that very deeply. It's a very good point. So the caveat was um, eye contact. And, and for, for someone who might be neurodivergent, eye contact can actually be distracting. Or really just for someone who's shy, eye contact can be stressful, which is a great point, Dreama, that um, listening is really about hearing what the other person's saying. And so it's really about understanding what helps that other person feel comfortable and safe to fully express themselves? And so listening is, it, it really is about understanding and having empathy to try and 
walk in that person's shoes and, and understand how, how can I hear what that person's saying and, and what is, what is going to lead to an actually productive conversation. So I appreciate that. Very, very good. Being patient enough to process information. I really like that. Sometimes it, it, when we're listening, especially if it's a hard conversation, which is when it's most important to listen, it can be very overwhelming. And so some of us, it takes us a little while to process information. Some of us, maybe, maybe the first thing we say, if we're feeling emotional, if we're angry or sad or upset, maybe the first thing out of our mouth is not really what we meant to say. It's just we're reacting and we're not thinking through what we're saying. And so sometimes we have to give a little bit of grace as a person listening Give a little grace to say, you know, that that was an overreaction. But if I were in that person's shoes, I might have overreacted too. And so allowing a little time and space. That one's actually such a good segue. Uh, I'm going to come back to that. If if anybody has other really good tips and tricks, I want to hear them. Then I'm going to come back to the value of giving space and time to process. Other tips and tricks for good listening? Don't shit on. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of us will never forget that. Uh, uh, that was a workshop. The title of that workshop was Mental Health First Aid. And the advice from the coach, which is was unforgettable and very funny, was none of us like to be should on, S-H-O-U-L-D, should on. So sometimes we share a situation and instead of listening, we just jump into uh, adv- coach mode. Well, what you should do is go here. And then what you should do is say that. And then what you should do is do these follow-up steps. And that's not really listening. That's giving advice. Now, giving advice can be valuable, but a lot of times step one is we just want to be heard. We want someone to truly listen to what we're saying. We don't want to be shit on. <laughs> listen for what's actually being said. And I like that one too, to sort of connect to earlier. I think sometimes, especially these days, uh, it just feels like we're in a pressure cooker all the time. And sometimes in a heated discussion, it's like we're almost looking to trap the other person in saying the wrong thing or saying what we think they're about to say. And that's not the same as really listening to what someone's trying to say. And all of us, maybe sometimes we're not putting the exact right words to what we're trying to get at, but we got to give a little grace to try and understand where's this person coming from? What's their heart and what are they really trying to get at, even if it's not with the perfect, eloquent words? What are they actually trying to say? So listening is actually more than just hearing. We have to do a little bit of processing to really think through, where's this person coming from? If, if I'm hearing emotion, is that coming from a place of hurt or pain or disconnect or, or mis, just misinformation? Um, and these are, it takes time. It doesn't just happen really quickly. It doesn't happen in a post uh, it doesn't happen in a yeah, on a screen. It 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 takes human time to to connect and understand. We had one here and then here. Stop texting and have an actual conversation. Round of applause. <laughs> yeah. And the beauty of winter time is sometimes it, there's not as much green, there's not as much growth, but we can just embrace that as an opportunity for quiet and conversation. Sound travels further in the winter. So maybe we can hear more. Maybe we can hear differently. Maybe we can listen in a deep kind of way that we've never listened before. Maybe that can happen today. Maybe that can happen today. And we can be enriched by it ourselves and the entire community. 
So those are my thoughts on listening and the beauty of winter and the opportunity in winter for space and time to hear and to process uh, together. Thanks for listening to CouncilCast, a monthly podcast from Coalfield Development. This series is hosted and produced by JJN Multimedia. Subscribe to CouncilCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a review. To support or learn more about our work creating resilient Appalachian communities and helping people unlock their full potential power and purpose, find us on social media or visit www.coalfield-development.org. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next month.